Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. My name is Jeff Clark, and today I want to show you a little bit crazy. In just a moment, I'm going to take you out of the wild streets of Northern California, where I'm going to conduct a money-generating experiment. Specifically, I'm going to test out a simple but little-known financial move to pay for Thank you. 
I'm Marque Latimer. You may have seen Amen, amen. God bless you. Children of God, we do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our strength, our Redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. He is our shield. He is our buckler. He is our counselor, our corrector, our healer, our deliverer. The songwriter just let us know that there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Now, now, one of the things the Lord has in my spirit about a chain, the chain is pretty strong. And in and of ourselves, we cannot escape a chain or, or, or break a chain. But because of the power that is in the name of Jesus, every chain becomes subject to breakage in your life and in my life. This is one of the reasons why God wants you and I to pray in the name of Jesus. God wants you and I to live in the name of Jesus because when we elect to do so, we become empowered in this life, in this realm. We become empowered by the name of Jesus to break every chain. We, 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 we become giant killers when we operate in the name of Jesus. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, may we be giant killers in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Children of God, we're going to take a look today at the book of Proverbs chapter 19. with a special focus on verses 20 and 21. Proverbs chapter 19, with a special focus on verses 20 and 21. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, listen to advice and accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise verse 21 many are the plans in a person's heart but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. We are working from a topic today. Listen to advice and accept discipline. Listen to advice and accept discipline. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Creator, our Maker, we say thank you, Father. Thank you for the blessings that we see and do not see. Thank you, Father, for your correction, your instruction, your leadership, your guidance. Father, you have been good to us even when we did not think you were, even when we did not understand that you were. Speak to us today, Father. Speak through us and speak for us. 
that we as your little children may be advised, that we may be counseled to live a better life for you. Forgive us, Father, of our errors, our sins, our weaknesses. Strengthen us, Father, to become and to do what you would have us to do in these last and evil days. As the thief requested of you on the cross, that Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. We are asking, Heavenly Father, since you are in your kingdom, remember us, your little children. We will forever give your name glory, honor, and praise. These and all other blessings we ask, we count done. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed that God's people say amen. Amen and amen. Listen to advice and accept discipline. As we look at the writings of the patriarch Solomon, we see here an end game. Now, last night I watched a game in the NBA Finals basketball. The Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami. Miami Heat. Each of these great teams desires to reach the end game. They played the regular season. They played the playoffs. And now they have desire and hopes of winning a championship. Miami Heat has won two games. The Los Angeles Lakers have won three games. But the series will not be open, be over until one of the teams has won what? Four games. Praise the living God. In other words, Miami still has a shot at it, and Los Angeles still has, come on somebody, a shot at it. Well, as we look at our selected scripture on today, you and I have an end game. We want to be counted, what, among the, come on somebody, wise. Proverbs 19 and 20 says, listen to advice, accept discipline. At the end, you will be counted among the wise. Our end game in this life, our end game in this walk with God, our end game in Christianity is that you and I may be counted, come on, somebody talk to me, among the wise. Now, what we have to realize that even though we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we haven't died yet. Now, God is the favorite. And if we remain with him and continue with him, we will, in fact, be counted among the wise. But understand that in this life, Satan still has a what? Shot at it, just like the Miami Heat. They are down three games to two, but they still have a shot at it. 
the Lakers don't need to play around because Miami still has a shot at it. You say, Apostle, how is this basketball analogy, basketball parable applicable to me and you? Well, because Satan still has a shot at your soul, at my soul. We don't need to play around. What do we need to do? Well, just as there are things that the Los Angeles Lakers need to do to win this series, there are things in this life that you and I need to do in order to win this life, in order to reach our goal. Well, last night, you know, the Lakers, to me, they gave up too many easy baskets. They did not stop Jimmy Butler. They threw the ball away a little too much. So they need to correct some things in order to reach their goal of winning a championship. Well, what are some of the things we need to do according to this scripture in order to reach our goal? Now, this is if you want to be counted among the wise. See, the truth of the matter is some people don't want to be counted among the wise. Not now anyway, but I guarantee you and I guarantee me we will want to be counted among the wise at the end of the day, because if we are not counted among the wise, we will end up in hell. Hell is for individuals, men and women, boys and girls who were not counted among the wise in this life. Apostle, what do we need to do? Just as the Lakers need to do a few things to win the championship, we need to do a few things in this life to reach our goal of being counted among the wise. Solomon says, listen to advice. One of the first things that we need to do in this life that we might be counted among the wise is we need to listen to advice. Listen, none of us knows everything. None of us. Now, as we listen to advice, God is helping you and I get to the goal that he has for us. Now, whether you want to be counted among the wise or not, whether I want to be counted among the wise or not, God wants to count you and me among the wise. That's what God wants. If you ever won't wonder what does God want for you, what does God want for me? He wants us among the wise. Wise make it to heaven. Foolish end up in hell. Wise receive their blessings from God. Foolish miss out on their blessings from God. So in order to move from foolish to wise, God says, listen to advice. Listen to those who know more about that matter than you do. See, whatever matter we are endeavoring, there is someone who knows more about that than we do. Listen to advice. Now, the Lord is flashing in my spirit Moses's father-in-law, Jethro. Is that right? He was the priest of Midian. He had been working with and working for God for a long time. Moses was a great leader, but Moses was a young leader. Understand this. It's a difference between being great at something and being experienced at something. See. Moses was great. I mean, God worked through him. Mighty displays of God's power parted the Red Sea, brought down manna from heaven. God used Moses to do great, great things. But Moses was a young leader. Jethro had been a priest in Midian for some time. And when Moses started 
doing other things other than the miraculous signs that God was working through him. When Moses started teaching the people and count, he didn't know what he was doing. And Jethro came down, visit with his daughter, visit with Moses, visit with his grandchildren. And when he saw what Moses was doing, he had heard about what God had done through Moses and was impressed. But then he saw some other things that Moses was doing and he was not impressed. Understand my brother and my sister, write this down. In your life and in my life, there are going to be some things that people will be impressed by. Hmm? But as a further examination in your life and in my life, there will be some things that we say and do that people will what? Not be, <laughs> be impressed by. <laughs> Praise the living God. Uh, uh, Jethro had heard about how God had parted the Red Sea and how God had sent plagues and how God and, and was impressed. Wow. Wow. You know, God is really. But when Jethro came down and saw Moses teaching and judging the people and the people standing in long lines all day to hear from Moses and waiting, wasting a day of work, wasting a day of worship, wait, just to stand in line to hear from Moses. Jethro was not what? Impressed. So understand, my brother and my sister, we have two things in us. Things that impress some people and some things that don't impress some people. Now, my, my spirit goes to Barack Obama's wife, President Obama's wife. You know, a number of years ago, many of us were very impressed by the job that President Obama was doing, how he was, he was um, breaking ground that many of us as African-Americans did not think would ever be achieved in our lifetime. We were proud that one of us as African-Americans ascended to the presidency of this great country. It, it was just a, a great accomplishment, a celebration for many. Many of us were so impressed. The brother was so articulate. The brother was so intelligent. The brother was so smooth. We, Barack Obama made it, made it cool to be African-American in a, in a sense. There was a great deal of um, rejoicing that took place when he ascended to the presidency. Well, someone had asked Michelle Obama about, you know, him being um, president of this great country and the accomplishments. And there was a remark I read on one publication that, you know, she, in other words, wasn't very impressed because she washed his underwear, if you understand what I mean. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that she not only saw the great man, but because she was married to him, because she was close, because she slept with him and, and, and was, you know, right there with him, she saw the aspects of this great man that were not so what? impressive or not so great. So we understand even Moses, as great as he was, you know, you know, God almost killed Moses, but Zephorah took a flint knife because God had not circumcised their son. I mean, I'm sorry, Moses had not circumcised their son uh, at the appointed time. And God was about to kill Moses. God met Moses at a 
lodging place along the way as Moses was going to tell Pharaoh, let God's people go. God was about to kill Moses. But Zephorah, his wife, took a flint knife, circumcised their son, and God let Moses alone. So you say, Apostle, what are you letting us know? Oftentimes, the public will see the great and impressive attributes of a man, of a woman, but oftentimes those closer to him will see not only the great attributes of the man or woman, but they will also see the not so great attributes. Now, this does not, this should not take away from the greatness of Moses because his wife Zephora had to come in and with that flint knife and circumcise their son or he would have died. It, it should not take away. It should not take away from the greatness of Barack Obama because Michelle Obama washes underwear. Sometimes she saw some things in his underwear that were not so impressive. But it is, a, it is a reality that the greatest man, the greatest woman that you and I may ever see has some aspects of their being, of their character, of their personality that are not so impressive. Jethro's seeing of the not so impressive aspects of Moses's character should not have taken away that this was a man that God used greatly. This was a man that God spoke to and spoke through and spoke for greatly. See, some of us get confused and think that because of the not so impressive attributes of a man and woman, we're not going to accept the impressive attributes of a man. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to accept the impressive things he do because of the, in, uh, the uh, unimpressive thing. And that is that is an error. That is an error. See, listen to advice now. And in the, listen, an individual can still tell you and me the right thing to do, even if they don't do the right thing. A thief that gets caught for stealing and ends up in prison. Say his son grows up while his father was in prison. And he comes to visit his father on visiting day. This man was caught for stealing, locked up for stealing, spent 20 good years in prison behind stealing, his son, whom he never got to know, comes to visit him on visiting day. And the first thing the father sits down and tells him, son, don't what? Don't steal. Well, see, it's foolish for that son to go out and say, well, you stole, so I'm going to steal. or I'm not going to listen to your advice because you didn't listen to your advice. Write this down. It's wise to listen to good advice, even if the one giving the good advice does not listen to it. Let me say that again. What? It's wise to listen to good advice, even if the one giving good advice does not listen to it. Right is still right whether we do it or not. Truth is still truth, whether we accept it or not. Solomon says, listen to advice. What you and I have to discern when we hear advice is, is the advice what sound or not? That's all we need to, that's all we need to concern ourselves with. Because the same way the one that is giving the advice to you or me, the same way 
we are being held accountable that are that are listening he or she is held accountable that is giving it so what we want to do and and get in the habit of doing is listening to good advice not trying to figure out well is he listening is she listening is him listening is her listening uh -uh. is that good advice for me see because at the end of the day i'm gonna be responsible for my soul you're gonna be responsible for your soul god is not gonna ask me anything about your soul god is not gonna ask you anything about mine so so let us listen to advice let us accept discipline now you know the root word in disciple is discipline now i looked at that these two words when we talk about advice we're talking about guidance or we're talking about recommendations offered for a prudent future accent. In other words, this is guidance or recommendations to make you or to make me wise. That's what advice is. Discipline, which is the, the root word behind disciple. Jesus had disciples or discipline, disciplined ones or learned ones. Um, scripture says that whoever loves discipline loves knowledge so you in order to do you prove whether you love knowledge or not by how you respond to discipline? The Bible says whoever loves discipline loves knowledge whoever hates correction is stupid now my question to you is do you want to be stupid or you want to be wise Whoever hates correction, you don't like to be corrected. You you like to just keep right on it. You're stupid. So the reality is we have some stupid wives in the reality. We have some stupid husbands. We have some stupid mothers and, and that's just some stupid fathers, some just stupid sons and stupid daughters and just some stupid sisters and some stupid brothers. You don't like... You don't like correction. You just like to keep doing it that crazy. You're stupid. I didn't say it. This is what the words say. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But whoever, whoever it is, you hate you hate correction. It's it's stupid. Let's let's find that scripture. Let's find that scripture. Go to um Proverbs. Go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, and verse 1. Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 1. Solomon again said, whoever loves discipline. See, you and I have to love to be corrected. Love to be instructed, love to be told how to do a thing and how to how to do a thing right, how to do. We got to love that. That's what Christianity is all about. God telling you and I how to live right through his apostles, through his prophets, through his evangelists, through his pastors. Through his, We got to love that. Now, if you don't love that, which I've learned since I have gotten. It's taken me some time. But I'm learning some people just don't love that. Some people don't love discipline. Why? Because some people don't love knowledge. You and I have to love knowledge to follow after knowledge. If not, we're going to rebel against it every chance we get. If we don't love knowledge, we're going to think it's a chore, a chore when it's time to learn instead of a joy. How are you when it's time for worship? When it's time for the apostles' doctrine and apostles' teaching and instruction, do you is that something you love and look forward to with eager expectation, or is that something in your mind you say, "Oh gosh, time to go to worship"? Well, they determine whether you're stupid or not. 
My prayer for each one of us, may we not be stupid Christians. I run into stupid Christians. And if you say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? Look at the word. Whoever loves discipline. The question is, do you love discipline or not? Or do you hate correction? If you hate correction, if I hate correction, don't run out and say, Apostle, call the Christians stupid. But there are some. It's God's word. The Bible says whoever hates correction. It, it's not a part. The question is, do you like to be corrected? Do I like to be corrected? Yes or no? And I really don't. Well, then you're stupid. You're stupid. We got stupid sons, stupid daughters, stupid husbands, stupid wives, stupid fathers, stupid sister-in-laws, stupid brothers. and stu People stupid that you don't like correction. Father, stop us from being stupid. Help us to be wise, Father. Help us to love correction. Help us to love discipline. Help us to love, help us to love this stuff. You know, years ago, the Lord is flashing this in my spirit. Uh, I played basketball for the University of Missouri at Kansas City. And it was one of the most difficult coaches that I ever played for in my life. We would practice three, three and a half hours. We'd run 15, 20 suicide, 15, was it 15? I think it was 15 suicides at the end of every practice. Uh, we had ran and conditioned so much that our bowels had changed color. When I, you know, I thought that I was sick. I thought I had HIV or some kind of disease. We, but I talked with some of the other players, and the guys were like, "Yours too, yeah, yeah." One, our bowels, children of God, had turned from the normal brown color to like a green. Like green, I thought I was sick. I thought, you know, something was very wrong. And it was just where I come to find out we were running and training so intense and so hard that our bodies were stripping the food of every little nutrient available because of the activity that uh, we were doing. Very, very difficult. Well, you know, practice was very, very tough. Very, it was, it was, it was almost like hell on earth. But what I, I found out, you know, I could do, and this is something that some of us had to do on the team. We could either bemoan how difficult practice was and what we were having to go through and what we were having to experience, or we could make ourselves love it. See. As difficult as it was, we found a way to make ourselves love it. See. The Bible talks about that if we claim that we have no sin, we deceive what? Ourselves. So if God has given us the ability to deceive ourselves, God has given us the ability to take terrible situations and make ourselves think that they are enjoyable. You say, Apostle, what are you letting us know? We have the power to make a situation anything we want it to be. I look at this, this stroke that I'm experiencing, that I have been experiencing. You know, I went through a stage where, you know, I kind of, woe is me, why is this? Now I'm making myself look at it like it's a challenge. A challenge to be overcome in the name of Jesus and and through hard work and through faith. We can look at the situation. We can look at a glass of water that has half the amount 
in it and say it is half full, come on, somebody, talk to me. Or we can look at it and say it's half empty. You can look at your situation, my brother or my sister, and look at how bad it is. Or you can look at your situation, my brother or my sister, and look at how good it is. The choice is what? Ours. So I want to encourage God's people, you know, throughout the earth. Israelites could have looked at being in Egyptian slavery for 430 years when Moses led them out by the power of God and they could have come out and complain. Man, God let us be in slavery for 430 years. My grand, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, all them were in slavery, all my family, or they could have come out and looked at, hey, God has got wilderness in front of us, prepare to prepare us for the promised land, to prepare us for a land flowing with milk and honey. You and I have the ability. If you are looking at your situation and seeing how bad it is, you chose that. I chose that. But if you look at your situation and see how good it is, you chose that. I chose that. So I want to encourage you. Look at the situation. You choose how to look at the situation. Whatever it is, you choose. You choose to look at Moses's greatness as a leader or you choose to focus in on what Moses was doing that was not so great. You choose. We do that with people. We do that with places. We do that with things. You can look at your house and look at your house for every imperfection or what, what's not nice about it or what you don't like about it. Or you can look at your house and look at the good that's in it. You can look at your wife, your husband, your son, your daughter, your mother. We can look at the good in them, or we can choose to focus in on the not so good in them. <clears throat> Listen to advice. Accept discipline. One of the things that marked, and the Lord keeps bringing Moses in my mind. One of the things that marked Moses as a great leader was the fact that he was humble before God, meaning that God could tell him something. Not just God speaking down from heaven, Moses, do it this way. But God said, Robert, I could tell Moses something if I talk to him through his father-in-law, Jethro. God doesn't always, is not always speaking to us directly. Sometimes God speaks to us through other vessels. You know, while I was in uh, Kampala, Uganda, trapped because of the corona plague, I would often share with the saints there something that I found humor in, and the saints would find humor in it as well. When I first experienced this stroke. I was thinking it was like some of the other injuries that I had received as an athlete, that I needed to rest and that my body would get back right when I rested. Sometimes you just have to rest, you know, a twisted ankle or uh, stretched ligaments. You just have to rest for a certain amount of time then. But when I went to see my therapist, I had been resting, trying to get back right. When I went to see my therapist, he told me, he said, no, pastor. He said, you don't need to rest. You have already had the stroke. 
you need to walk more. This is exactly what my therapist said. Yeah, you need to walk more. Well, make a long story short, children of God, I start lifting more weights. I'd go to the gym. I start swimming in the swimming pool. And I'm and now I'm hearing God speaking through my therapist. God telling me that I needed to what? Walk more. Well, I went, start lifting more weights, start swimming more, start about two or three hours out the day. I mean, I'm in the gym, but, and I can see God in heaven saying, this boy is not listening. Walk more was not lift more weights and swim more. Well, make a long story short, I went to Pakistan, had a wonderful time with the saints there. Bishop Munir, if you are watching, uh, the Lord bless you and the saints there in Pakistan. Bishop Munir took one look at me. As I was moving, and we were going, visiting historical sites and traveling to different churches for ministration. Bishop Munir, and this was God speaking through him. He said to me, Apostle, you need to walk for at least an hour a day. And I know it was God speaking through these vessels. Well, make a long story short, I know me. If I could have got back to the United States, then I would have gone right back to the gym, gone right back swimming, gone back, start lifting more weights. But the Lord fixed it up so I was trapped in Kampala, Uganda for approximately seven months. And lo and behold, I was staying with saints that lived on a long street, long dirt road, where basically the only thing I could do was walk. And I would walk for an hour or so a day. They had very steep hills there in Kampala. I'd walk up and down with the help of the saints. I'd hold one of the saints on but it brought many great gains. Well, what did I do that, that, that brought the help bring this great change? Listen to advice and accept discipline. See? Listening to the right advice, listening to the right discipline will cause you and I at the end now, to be counted among the wise. Listening to the wrong advice, not accepting discipline, at the end will cause you and I to be counted among the foolish. My prayer for each of us, that we will be counted among the wise. Moses, thank you, Holy Spirit, he listened to Jethro. Moses didn't say, well, you know, I'm, I'm the one God picked as the leader of Israel, you you listen. Uh -uh. That Moses listened to his father-in-law, and as a result, God did even greater things. See, I'm not here for God to do great things in your life, child of God. God has already done a great thing in your life. You and I are saved. God has already done a great thing. I'm here, hopefully, that God will do even greater things in your life and in my life. God had already done a great thing in Moses' life, led over a million people out of Egyptian bondage. Jethro came in and shared with him, uh, and the Lord is placing in my spirit, kind of like the icing on a cake. Cake is good right by itself. Good cake, no icing, it's good. But when icing on it makes it even what? Better. God wants to make your life. God wants to make my life. God wants to make your walk with him. God wants to make my walk with him even better. We already walking with God. We saved that. You know, you all that are watching, you saved. You don't need me to be saved. I don't need you to be saved. But in order for our lives to be even better, I need you. You need me. There's some things that you are saying I need to listen to. There are some things that I'm saying that what? 
you need to listen to. Listen to it by him. Accept discipline so that at the end we'll be counted among the wise. Well, look at verse 21, and we're about to close, children of God. Many are the plans in a person's heart. In other words, there's a whole lot of stuff we want to do. A whole lot of stuff we planning to do. A whole lot of stuff we thinking we're gonna we're gonna do. We're looking forward to doing, and we whole lot of stuff. Whole lot of stuff. Many. God said that that's all right. You know, to have plans in your little heart, plans in your little mind. Many are the what? Many are the plans in a person's heart, but. God said, I'll let you plan. Go ahead, plan, plan. It reminds me of once one of the saints here, I was telling them, I said, look, you know, you can lock up as tight as you want to lock up in here. I said, I haven't been, always been saved. I said, I can be in here on you in less than a minute. Oh, no, no, no. I said, then lock up. Itself is just as safe and secure in this house in this church, in this living quarters, as you possibly can. And I said, I will be in here on you in less than one minute. Yeah, go ahead. And so they bolting and closing and locking up what they lock up. And in about 43 seconds, I was in here. This is to let us know that it is not our little locks and our little security systems that are keeping us safe, children of God. In Nigeria, everybody builds a wall around their property in many parts of Africa. Big, big, uh, big wall around everyone's property. You know, our places look so unsafe to them because of the big walls, and then they'll put pieces of glass on the top, and all the windows have bars on them. You know, that this is how much of the continent of Africa has to build because people are uh, bothering your stuff and bothering your thing. But it's not the walls. It's not the shards of glass in the top of the wall. It's not the bars on the, will, on the window. The Bible says, unless the Lord watches a city, the watchman watch in vain. It is God that is keeping you and I safe. It is God that has let Satan to know with what he desires and what he plans and what he has put in the hearts and minds of his children, that it is God that has had to say no, Satan. No to Satan's children. So we thank God today. Why? Because many are the plans in a person's heart. Good plans, bad plans, right plans, wrong plans. Uh, many, many people planning all you. If you and I knew, God is speaking in my spirit. God said, Robert, if you and I knew some of the plans that our enemies had against us, we would be afraid. Some of our enemies have planned very terrible things for you. And for me, God said, yes, Robert, God said a whole lot of people have planned. We thought about killing you. A whole lot of people. Wow, Lord. Yeah, haven't you thought about and planned to kill people that have offended you? My spirit, I'm like, yes, Lord. Well, God said this. Some have done the same in regards to you. But it is not the plans that are in a person's heart, God said, Robert that prevail. But God said, Robert, it is my purpose. People that are, people that you have planned to kill, I have purpose for them. God, the Bible says it's the Lord's purpose. Thank God today that it is not people's purposes that prevail, but we thank God what? That what? It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I want to encourage you today. We're about to close, children of God. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for me. In spite 
of our mistakes, in spite of our errors, in spite of our blunders. God says, I have a purpose for you. God says, I have a destiny for you. Goliath planned to kill David and feed his carcass to the uh, fowls of the air. and that, that was Goliath's purpose. It was God's purpose. God's purpose was that Goliath was going to be killed. That's the purpose that prevailed. So I want to encourage you, my brother. Men and women purpose to throw Jesus off a cliff. Luke chapter 4. But God said, I had a purpose that was greater than the purpose of men and women. So I want to encourage you, my brother. It doesn't matter what Trump is planning or the Republicans are planning. They're not planning to leave the White House. It don't matter what folk is planning. Where you and I need to stay is right in the center of God's purpose, right in the center of God's plan. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice. Say, may you and I find our safety zone, safety net in the center of God's will, the safest place in all creation. Is right where God has told you and I to be. Safest place during a hurricane. Found this out. It's right in the eye. Right, right, right in the eye. They say it's just as calm right in the eye. Stuff can be blowing down. Out, but wherever that eye is, right in the middle, right in the middle. With all that chaos and confusion going on around it. Right in the center. Right in that eye. So my prayer for each of us, may we be found in the center of God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Well, you say, Apostle, how do we do that? How do we find ourselves in the center of God's will? How do we find ourselves? Listen to advice. Accept discipline. Listening to God's advice, listening to God's discipline will keep you and I safe. We'll keep you and I from having to experience the plans of men and women's heart and it will allow you and I to experience the Lord's purpose. May you and I experience Find our being in the Lord's purpose for our lives. In the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. May God bless you, children of God. May heaven continue smiling on each of you. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
Chumba. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.